This week in the Enterprise Security News, an adaptive response initiative, Azure Networking, next generation AV, actionable network intelligence, Google Cloud buys a security company, cloud visibility, and finally, a company that defines the problem and the solution right on their website. And I'll give you a hint, they still got it wrong. Container security with a familiar face and deep web intelligence APIs. Then John and I will talk about network security architecture, all that and more on this episode of Enterprise Security Weekly. This is Security Weekly, for security professionals, by security professionals. Broadcasting live from G-Unit Studios in Rhode Island, it's the show where we talk security vendors and aren't afraid to name names. It's Enterprise Security Weekly. Was, uh, the teleprompter now has artificial intelligence, Doug, and updates itself. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, this week, and talk about them as it relates to enterprise security, you're going to do great. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, I, I think that people think that you and I talk like every day at night. You know, yeah. it's like, hey, what are you doing? It's kind of a bit of an exhausting week. And I think that we noticed that a little bit in the uh, stories for this week as well. Logarithms Netmon Freemium delivers real-time network visibility to quickly identify emerging threats in your IT environment. Netmon Freemium is a free commercial-grade network forensics and traffic analytics solution. You can use Netmon Freemium's powerful capabilities to search against all observed network traffic, identify abnormal traffic patterns and application usage, and quickly analyze full packet captures. Take the first step towards real-time network visibility. Visit logarithm.com forward slash freemium to learn more and download it today. Are you worried about PCI compliance? Does your development team understand or care about security? Are you ready to face a breach of your customer's sensitive data? See the worst that can happen before it does. Black Hills Information Security can help you help management see the future. Email consulting at blackhillsinfosec.com to find out how a web application penetration test can mitigate the risk before you go live. Welcome to episode 62, 63 even. Plus one sixty-three of Enterprise Security Weekly. It's September twenty-seventh, two thousand and seventeen. Actually, it's not the twenty. It is in fact the twenty-seventh, which, which is good. Which is good. I'm your host, Paul Asadorian, broadcasting live from G Unit Studios on the lines via Skype with a gigantic microphone in his <laughs> camera. It's Mr. John Strand. I Let's like go. this microphone. I, I see you wanted the world it's to see huge. your microphone. It's, it's like awesome. A, it's it's like a blimp. It could be. Oh, oh geez, except you turned it off. off. I just did it. I liked it that <laughs> much. <laughs> so it's this monstrous mic. I'm actually at the uh, uh, the kind of the technical heart of Black Hills Information Security this week, where our interns, systems administrators, and a bunch of our pen testers are. So that's kind of cool. That's awesome. A couple of quick announcements before we get started. Go to itpro.tv forward slash enterprise security. Use the code ES30. Try it free for seven days. Receive 30% off your monthly membership for the lifetime of your active subscription. Learn more about IT Pro TV's team solution. Get a free demo of their supervisor portal where you can have your employer buy you training and help you manage it, which I just think is fantastic. Great training from our fine friends at ITPro.TV. Make sure you go to B-Sides Connecticut. That is if you can get a ticket because they are, in fact, sold out. You can sponsor the event. You can get on a waiting list for the tickets. You can go see the incredible and amazing Doug White, who will be there representing Security Weekly, doing some trivia questions and recording some videos and hanging out at the booth. B-SidesCT.org for more information. The security news this week, enterprise security news this week even, 
is just off the charts, John. It's off the charts. There's a lot to talk about, so I'm going to dig right into it. Signal Sciences has joined Splunk's initiative called the Adaptive Response Initiative. And you may think, what the hell is that? Uh, and actually, if you get uh, into the article, and you don't have to read the whole thing, right kind of towards the top, Splunk launched the Adaptive Response Initiative to build a framework to speed up detection and remediation times across vendor solutions in the enterprise. Splunk's Adaptive Response Action allows you to send an action to signal sciences to blacklist an IP based on correlation or manual search events. So that's pretty cool, I think. So I got a question on this Adaptive Response Initiative. Is this something that it's just Splunk on the SIM side, or do we have like ArcSight and other people coming into it as well? It, it sounded to me like you needed Splunk, and then Splunk has all these integrations where you can take actions based on analyzing Splunk. Well, that's that's cool. I mean, that that's that's really, really, really neat. And that's one of the things we've been kind of talking about for a long time. But if you're running a sim, that's what you want your sim to be able to do. Um, it's just I'm wondering how long it's going to be until we have like uh, Logarithm and we have ArcSight coming up with their own initiatives to integrate with other products as well. So yeah, and uh, I th I think they all they all do to a certain extent. I don't know mm -hmm. how much the sims work together. That's kind of an interesting, an interesting question. Like, there's it is. people do weird things too. And I'm sure you see it too. Like, oh, we get all the logs in this sim, and then we funnel some of that data to the other sim because it has some features that that we like better for doing analysis. But the other sim just collects all the data in our environment. So, <laughs> my sims have sims, yo. Um, yes. But I think the biggest we like sims so much that we put a sim in your sim. Sim in the sim. And this is also cool because it's Signal Sciences, who is somebody that we've talked to on the show, and we really like what they're doing. So they are, in fact, a sponsor. Yes, good to disclose that as well. A sponsor. So really cool check technology. Them out. Yes. Uh, they've got a webcast coming up too uh, with Zane Lackey, who's just awesome. It's going to be. Zane is, yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's one of the things that's nice is our sponsors can actually come on the show and hang with us technically, which is always a good thing. Absolutely. Uh, was it Microsoft's? Microsoft's conference called Ignite? Yeah, Microsoft Ignite. So there's a lot of news surrounding Microsoft's Ignite conference. And Zscaler was there. Uh, and Zscaler enables the world's leading organizations to securely transform their networks and applications for mobile and cloud and cloud first world. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. There are words in that phrase. There are words. Mm. Um, Lots of so they do that through their products, which create fast, secure connections between users and applications, regardless of device location or network. Their services are 100% cloud-delivered and offer the simplicity, enhanced security, and improved user experience that traditional appliances are unable to match. That's and like you know, a whole bunch of marketing gobbledygook. There is, but regardless of the networks. So one of the things I welcome is the fact that since they work on all networks, maybe they'll work on Novell IPX networks it's true. and Benyon, Benyon Vines networks, Paul. I don't and know if you remember talks, that. Their talks seem to be more scalability and performance rather than sure. necessarily uh, security, optimizing Office 365 performance uh, and new services, features, and scenarios uh, in Azure networking which is kind of interesting because they tout themselves as a security company, but at, at Microsoft's Ignite, they were largely more operational focused. Talk. And not that that's hey, bad. I mean, they could have a great a, And Zscaler is good stuff. I mean, we see a lot yeah. of our customers running it, but this is yet another one of those things. It's like, what the hell are they talking about here? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, right. So SecureWorks wants you to use uh, managed services for your next generation antivirus. I'm not sure how you... God, this is going to be so hard for me to say. <laughs> um just give me a second here. I 
You prepared some notes. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me space. <laughs> give me some. Give me some bourbon. I took back a bunch from DerbyCon, and now. All right. This is going to be weird, but I agree with SecureWorks. Jesus, on this. you got to prepare me for this. <laughs> Good lord. I, now I, I need I'm someone sorry. get me a drink. <laughs> I am so sorry. No one was expecting that. But uh, wow, uh, I'm a little bit kind of choked up myself. Um, and now it's going to be on the Twitters that John agrees with SecureWorks. Um, but the reason why I would agree with this is because whenever you're talking about the next generation antivirus, it is such a pain in the ass to get those things tuned and to get them working in an, in a, an environment properly. I mean, one of our favorite vendors out there is Red Canary, and they write on top of Carbon Black, and they pull you know data from that to basically make sense of it. And that's awesome, right? But the idea of setting this up if you're a small to medium-sized business, even a larger organization, is very daunting. And why the hell not? Just hire in SecureWorks to come in and set this stuff up and let them management manage it. And more importantly, when they do, if anything goes wrong, you as the security team, you have someone to blame. Because just to be honest, <laughs> no, that's not a good reason. Generation, I know blaming someone reason. is a terrible reason to hire them. <laughs> we hire them just in case the shit hit the fan. We could blame them. That's we not. Can, we got someone to blame. That's not a reason to go with a vendor. But I do agree that having someone to help um, set up these next, next, next generation endpoint security products isn't exactly the worst idea in the world. In fact, we're on an assessment this week. I don't. I can't remember. I think it was David. Who was the one that had the where they basically called us out and they were able to find our callback for a C2 server? All right, that was Dave. Uh, so David was on an assessment, and one of the managed security service providers actually was monitoring the endpoints. They got an alert coming back to one of our servers, and they notified the customer within a few minutes. And that's awesome. But the reason why they're that good is our customer is testing that MSSP on a regular basis, and so are we. So they get better over time. So this is actually something I do, in fact, agree with. Wow. Wow. Uh, Infobox is set to demo actionable network intelligence platform, and they make some bold claims. Uh, they've announced it will uh, demonstrate its actionable intelligence platform, a unified platform that empowers enterprises to elevate every aspect of network availability, agility, security, and performance on premises, across data centers, and in the cloud. Wow, I like all of those things. This must be a good presentation. That I mean, that there's there's some bold claims in there. Um, there are. It's going to be scalable. Yes, that's, that's scalable and is is important. Um, however, if you go to InfoBlocks, InfoBlocks, right? It's not necessarily clear exactly what they what? do. Yeah, they they use they got a, a lot guy of skiing. The, you got you got the guy skiing. Well, let's see. If you go to Infoblox, the uh, actionable network intelligence, they have a really nice picture of someone downhill skiing. Oh, well, that that's makes... cool. I like but that. They Skiing's say fun. they automate core network actions across your data center virtualization with Info Infoblox DNS, DHCP, and IPAM DDI. God. Um, and then they say that is... uh, they also have single unified solution for your entire network. Infoblox, I am sorry. That spot is taken by Slack. Yeah. But what is what is IPAM DDI? They use this acronym. I was trying to figure out like what they do really quickly. Couldn't tell you. What what is DDI? I, I'm I'm sure I, I I've heard of this acronym before, but they use it without really defining it. Development Disabilities Institute. <laughs> I don't think it's that. Uh, what does it stand for? I mean, no. I, Data I, Documentation Initiative. Maybe that's may, it. Maybe. Development maybe. Defense Information Technology. Here's some more. 
Hold on, I'm trying to go through. No, no. I mean, uh, direct I, dialing in. That's what it that's is. That's what DDI it is. network. You remember back in the '80s, you would have a DDI where you could dial into a network. I do, I do remember that. Yes, yes I remember taking cool. a really long time to to get my email over the dial-up. Database data exchange interchange interchange. I, mean, I, I get the DNS and DHCP because those are core services that, if you monitored, yeah. there's a lot. Those are great sources for. Uh, the things that they claim, right? I don't and understand we, the other things we know, they do. And, they, and we know what those things are. We know what and those things are, yes. Att- I could see someone watching this presentation. It's like, DNS is a foundational internet technology used in every, non, every non-trivial IP-based transaction. If it's not working properly, internet transactions can dry, grind to a halt. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> whatever. God, and you know what? This might be This might be another one of those things that's just brilliant. And like it's just it's, cr- yeah, it's just misrepresented. So hopefully, hopefully it is a, a good product. And I've seen them at some shows. I just haven't done a briefing with them yet. Uh, if our listeners want to weigh in, uh, or if anyone from Infoblox is listening, cringing right now, please write into the show because we we will provide that information to our listeners. Uh, happy to. Google Cloud acquires a cloud identity management company, Bidium. What puzzles me is that I thought Google already had like a single sign-on for cloud-based applications. It's called G Suite or your, your Google ID, and you can use that to authenticate Google. the other things. Like Google has this. I'm not sure what what they gain. There must have been some kind of gain if Google be, bought the, it, the they company. They say it gains capabilities to help us deliver on our cloud identity vision. Our mm. enterprise customers want a comprehensive solution for identity access management that works across their modern cloud and mobile environments. Maybe that's what they're doing. Is they help? I don't know. Maybe they maybe they just offer more authentication capabilities. Yeah, it lets them increase their capabilities for single sign-on authentication. Enough to buy them. Yeah, I don't know, but they allow you to provision single sign-on, manage access, and deprovision. That's cool, dude. I don't know. I I'm seeing a lot of things that a lot of identity and access managers uh, mm-hmm. management software suites do, and I'm not seeing anything specifically cool to this one that I haven't seen before. But this also goes back to, all, in all honesty, all joking aside, I'm sure that Google has their reasons. I mean, they're not dumb. They're Google. Right, right. But um, at the end of the day, this is one of those kind of shadow quiet things that it isn't the like new hotness that's showing up on the front pages of everything for single sign-on, two-factor authentication and all that. But if it's not, it is absolutely something that every single one of our customers needs to have in their networks. And everybody that's listening needs to have that SSO, needs to have two-factor authentication. And they need to be able to tie that back to the user behavioral analytics. I don't care what the product is. They just need to have it in place. Um, Ixia is extending cloud visibility across even more platforms. Uh, it doesn't get good to the last paragraph where they say they increase uh, visibility to all software as a service uh, solutions. Um, it doesn't rely on specific features of a particular hypervisor or provider in order to function. It's worked what? with 20 companies on pre-validating their Cloud Lens product interoperability for security application performance monitoring and network performance monitoring tools. Just You know what? What? Just once, I want to have a show where we have nothing but great like stories for the week that make sense. Um, I think that we've tried to do this, but it, it, it fails every single week. I think we have maybe one or two that were like, this is perfect. This is exactly answering a question that needs to be answered. But that makes no sense, Paul. I mean, I, I think what Ixia is doing, because I have spoken with Because we like Ixia. We Ixia do. is a good product. I, I think so. CloudLens can actually grab the network traffic from... 
AWS for Windows and Linux, Azure, Google Cloud, IBM Blue Mix, and Alibaba Cloud. Alibaba, yeah. Alibaba. Okay, so so that must be some uh, virtual machine that you can provision up or a service that you can invoke that allows you to do that uh, kind of tapping on cloud-based. But don't yeah, all I, of these I'm not vendors sure how have they... the ability? I thought all of these vendors had that ability built in to actually kind of create the equivalent of a span port right. uh, to basically send traffic off to something. But I think Ixia helps you manage it on-premise and in the cloud and pull that data back and, and stuff it into your security tools. Okay. Which is actually cool. I'm, I'm defending Ixie here. I, I, if that's what it does, that is really cool. I think that's neat. I think it's someone we need to talk to, John, is basically what I'm saying. Cause I think yeah, well, we've, really... been trying to get, we've been trying to get someone on the show from Ixia for a while. Yeah. Just because we do like their products. We think they're shiny and we'd like to play with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, so this is the one. Uh, Lacework has announced uh, support for Microsoft Windows uh, Server. I have not heard of Lacework before. So I went to you the website this, and I got excited. This... I got excited because I'm, I, was, I said to myself, there's a problem statement and a solution statement. This is great. This is great. Awesome. After great. I read them, I was like, but they're not really great problem statements or uh, solution statements. Where, so the problem is, this? I'm going to pick this apart because I, I find it interesting. Go for it. Because there's good and bad here. The problem, security hasn't kept up with the velocity of the cloud. No, it hasn't. Uh, yeah, nope. I agree with that. I and I think that also that's, a good, that's a good problem statement. It's very succinct. It speaks to a problem that, that we have today that security is not keeping up with the rapid developments that we've had in cloud. As security professionals, we get that. I, I, that first part of their problem statement, I think, is spot on. However, they go on to say, breaches are too frequent. We yeah, agree with that, too. We do, but it's kind of generic. That's a, weak, yeah. that's a weak statement. It's like world yeah. hunger is bad. Yeah, it's too generic, um, and it, it doesn't really speak to the actual problems, like why are you having breaches in the first place? What are the causes of, of those breaches? And the fact that they're frequent, I, that's not really the issue with a breach. Like one breach could be really bad, Equifax. Uh, so it's not the frequency of breaches that are bad. So that, that one I was kind of, eh. Uh, incidents, oh, and incidents take too long to resolve. I like that one. I would agree with right? that. That's a good as state. A, as a SOC good analyst, statement. security analyst, you're spending too much time trying to go from discovering the incident to having it all cleaned up and fixing the underlying issues. And, and then that is a true statement. Okay. Security, now next in the problem. So the problem seems too long, first of all. Second of all, security teams struggle to keep up with DevOps. That's a, that's a problem. Now we're at the point where this is the fourth or fifth problem. Yeah, I, I think they should have kept it to security's not keeping up with the velocity of the cloud or DevOps. Probably, probably good. You can probably include those both in the same statement. Similar kind of problem, right? Mm -hmm. um, so then they say, so now they're picking on the other solutions, which I, I applaud. In your problem right. statement, you need to point out problems in the other. Yesterday's security, with its perimeters, rules, and log-based investigations, isn't, laws. isn't flexible, agile, or effective, and it's not right for today's cloud. It's none of those things. Yeah, okay. I mean, None of those things. Perimeters, rules, and log-based investigations. Kind of, kind of weak. Like perimeters, plural yeah, rules. Like what rules are we talking? We talking about firewall rules? Are we talking about like rules? Like, like don't don't urinate in the in public on the sidewalk. I, what kind of rules are we talking about anyway? So I'm like, okay, that's kind of a, a weak. Had some good points in there. Overall, kind of weak. But now the solution. So their very next paragraph, which I like, they jump right to the solution. They said that Lacework Polygraph, which is their product, approaches cloud security from a completely new direction. 
Now, here's the weak part of the problem statement. You're not going to say, oh, we solve this problem just like everyone else. Of course you approach it from a new direction. That's the whole point of your solution statement is that it's a, a unique point of view on the problem. So they, they state that, which is, I mean, implied. Good for them, I guess. Yeah, implied. Uh, so then they say we use a deep temporal baseline to track cloud entities, behaviors, and connections. I don't know what that means. Do you know what that means, John? No. Uh, deep temporal baseline to track cloud entities, behaviors, and connections. I was, I was I, just thinking maybe it was like tempura. Like tempura. <laughs> like, yes. I, no, I, I know what temporal shrimp, is. Shrimp tempura, that's, that's pretty good. I, yeah. Temporal tempura. Then it says, we detect breaches and automate investigations without rules, policies, or logs. Wow. Okay. Just, I, a, lot of, a lot of companies detect breaches. You haven't told me how. And also uh, automated. You've told me that you automate investigations. And you told me what you don't do, that you do that without rules, policies, or logs. You don't tell me how, how you do it. Once we get to that point, um, we, we've, we've now, we, we're now, this is garbage. If you're like, yeah, we don't have policies. We don't have any rules. We don't have any logs. We're zero impact, zero touch. Now yeah. you're full of crap. They say they deliver exceptional protection at the velocity of cloud, which again doesn't really say anything. I mean, even if their next sentence said how they did it without rules, policies, or logs, okay. And now I want to apologize for Lacework for, for picking apart your, your, your website. I apologize for that. But lessons learned for our <laughs> listeners and viewers uh, uh, about kind of dissecting and understanding what companies do in this space. And again, we'll state they could have a fantastic product. Uh, we just don't know how to decipher know. it yet. Like, yeah. So uh, in container security news, uh, Capsulate has raised new funding. I believe, I mean, we cover this. We'll probably cover this announcement on Startup Security Weekly this week. They got uh, a bunch of money from someone uh, raising $6 million dollars. Uh, again, we'll cover all those details on, on startup. But what I thought was interesting is Dino Daisovi, the co founder. That's what I was going to get at. Yes. yes. Co founder and CTO of Capsulate said <laughs> that most organizations first consider stability and performance in any application before looking at security. The market for container security technologies is an increasingly crowded space with multiple vendors, including Twistlock, Aqua Security, and StackRox, all aiming for a share of enterprise security budgets. Um, Dino Dizovi said that Capsulate is different because it's a real-time machine learning augmented approach to container security. See, now normally I would say that's a load of garbage and crap, but we know Dino Dizovi really, really, really well. He's been on the show, I believe. I think we had him on yeah, a few years ago. He's back. been on uh, Paul Security um, Weekly a long time ago. A couple of times. Also, yeah. he has a lot of uh, experience in the area of uh, creating backdoors. And virtualization, uh, kind of like virtualization yeah. rootkits. So this is clearly somebody who knows what he is doing. So this is definitely a company I would say watch very carefully. And, and clearly a marketing person wrote his yeah, uh, real-time machine looks... learning augmented approach to container security is not something I envision uh, you know, saying. But, um, yeah. Yeah. you know. Uh, I, I you know, obviously I think they need a uh, and I I love and respect Dino Dazovi, but I, I think they need a better differentiation statement point of view mm -hmm. on the problem that they are solving, and I'm certain we could get that by by having Dino back on uh, one of our shows. So. Absolutely, it's an interesting space to watch, which is why I bring it up. If your company is moving in the direction as it should be to container security, 
uh, or containers you want to look at security and you know those are really the players right there uh, that I know of Capsulate, Twistlock, Aqua Security and Sackrox and they all have a different point of view on the problem from what from what I understand although I haven't delved into Aqua Security yet. And there's another one in there that Matt talked about too. You can go back and, and listen to I think last week's episode. Okay, uh, Flashpoint is digging into dark web with security intelligence API. There is a new API version four provides access to Flashpoint's finished intelligence reports across a range of topics, including cybercrime, emerging malware, fraud, and looking at physical security-related issues, including violent extremism. Uh, V4 provides access to an aggregated collection of Flashpoint's deep and dark web conversations with the most secretive attackers on the internet. Mm. Now, normally we might have a tendency to poo-poo this kind of statement, except we know people that, that work there that are really smart. Yes. So. Well, this is one of the concerns that I have regardless of whatever the company is, is people think that they're... Um, I think we've talked about this in the show before, but people think that there's like these clubs online where like evil people hang out. It's like uh, the cantina and Mos Eisley in Star Wars that you're going to go there and all of a sudden you're going to be talking with some super elite evil hackers talking about what they're going to do. Except um, there's while, the, while the hacker, vaping. the attacker evil one probably allows droids, I would imagine. Probably Just, does. You know, probably would allow droids yeah. unless they have, you know, that artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, but does this mean that there's not value? It depends on what you're trying to protect against. If you're trying to protect against your standard anonymous and LUTSEC and like those types of you know people that do attacks and DDoS attacks, yeah, I think that there's value to this. But if you're trying to detect and deflect an attack by a nation state attacker or an organized crime group that's coming after you and they're choosing to attack you, they don't go into the dark web and basically say, hey, I'm going to break into this organization, everybody. Here we go. Woo! And <laughs> off they go. They, they don't do it that way, okay? Uh, so it depends on what you're afraid of. If you're afraid of a targeted attacker, a little bit less useful. If you're afraid of like groups like Anonymous and Lutzak coming after you, okay, cool. Then I would be uh, then I would be all for this. But it depends on what your fear is, what you're trying to defend against, and what you think the actual threat actors are. Absolutely. Uh, that's is that the news? That's the news. That is, that's all the good news. That's, that's all the, the only good news we have. That's true. This is true. So with that, we're going to take a short break. Come back and talk about network security architecture. Stay tuned. <laughs> 